This is 20 or 20, a Dominionated podcast. Welcome to season two. Ooh, I'm Weezy Mambo. And I'm Weezy Mambo, and we have taken over. We've taken over. The twin invasion has started. It has started. If you're hoping to stop it before it began, you've missed your chance. It's too late. (laughs) We now own the podcast. And uh, for our our first uh, menacing overlord duties, um... We have, uh, we've chosen Sister Ray, uh, which is definitely the opposite of of what you want to play when you are taking over and I don't know invading another territory. <laughs> I know, but I'm actually really excited. Uh, so yeah, today's episode will be featuring an artist that we have grown quickly to love. 2022 has been a pretty exciting year for Sister Ray. Their debut album was released this year, which is kind of insane considering the success it's acquired. Yeah, it's it was longlisted for a Polaris Prize, and they're also going to be at Pitchfork Paris coming up soon. Which uh, we and I we're gonna we're gonna see if we can get over. I know. <laughs> we take a train. We are trying our best. We are saving, starving ourselves, uh, not eating. <laughs> Saving up just to see Sister Ray in Paris. So, <laughs> we are committed. We love Sister Ray from the bottom of our hearts, and we are so excited to. We were so excited to talk to them. We're going to start off the episode with Reputations, which is the fifth track off the album. If you want to go and play it yourself as well, which we recommend. And thank you, Sister Ray. An infinite distance from where we started and where I finished, I guess It's all in the point of your perspective From mine I met the finish line dancing on my own again I'm so selfish or 20. So before we get started, for anyone who hasn't listened to the show before, we have a list of 20 questions which we're going to ask Ella today, and we have about 20 minutes to answer them, whichever comes first. And so we will start the the timer. timer. Okay, so the first question we have for you is, what is your father's name and what is one thing about him? Oh my gosh, my dad's name is Kevin, and it's a fun fact about my dad. Um, 
and he's a great my dad is a great jigger he's really good at my my dad is Métis and he's a really great dancer Ew, I was gonna ask what's a jig or like do you mean like a like to a fiddle tune like it's very it's like what you would think of when you think jig yeah Yeah. pretty much but like a little bit more maybe subtle I would say and I know that a lot of uh, when you were growing up a lot of the music that you listened to was fiddle tunes and do you find that that's sort of what you still tend to gravitate to you now so much still like I I don't know if it's what I necessarily gravitate towards I don't think I listen to a lot of fiddle forward music but I listen to a lot of the music of my childhood so it's the same songs um but yeah I recently got a digital copy of a cd that my papa and my uncle recorded when I was a kid uh mm-hmm. and it just sounds like when I would hear it at home so it's been really cool to have that I've been listening to it a lot what was it is it like do you remember the name of it it like they just made burned copies for our family basically oh okay okay just this little cd that they made because they would play in the kitchen all the time and stuff and so they just I don't know wanted to have something for the family but it was before anybody was burning stuff onto computers when they made it and then there was just never a digital copy and so I went on a hunt and I got got what I wanted I guess it paid off then yeah (laughs) it took a lot of channels of my family basically to get a digital copy of the cd i really was like thank you to my family i love that (laughs) this is where we're at still that we didn't learn how to burn a cd over the (laughs) or make mp3s of it it was uh it was delightful yeah and are you going to be passing that see and now the digital copy around to your cousins or anyone else in your family yeah we have a drive folder now that's making its rounds which has been awesome well i guess like talking about your family and i guess uh your childhood i know that well i was raised in the city and i read that you were born and raised in uh sturgeon sturgeon county County, yeah yeah um so if you had one smell from your childhood that you could i guess put into a bottle what would it be oh one smell oh that's such a good question um Oh my gosh, there's so many. Oh, wow. I mean, maybe my favorite smell. Hmm. This is just going to make me think so hard. I'm so nostalgic. <laughs> this is such a hard question to answer. I mean, I just feel like since I moved to the city, it's the rain doesn't smell like rain anymore and lilacs smell different. And it was like everything out there is just, it's just when you stand like I don't know outside somewhere and the whole thing is just perfect you're like oh my gosh this is what this is what calm smells like oh yeah so is that like the smell that you would say you miss the most oh yeah I miss the smell so much I like called my dad once and I was like dad it doesn't smell like rain here when it rains. I don't understand. This is gross. It just smells kind of bad. And historically, the smell of rain was like, I don't, it's just the best. Maybe that explains my aversion to the smell of rain in the city. Yeah, that's why yeah. I always say people are like, I love rain. I was like, no, it smells awful. <laughs> yeah, it's not good anymore. I don't enjoy it. I used to be, I don't know who I thought I was. I was like frolic. And now I'm so grumpy. <laughs> So I guess since you've moved or switched, I guess, habitats or I don't know what the word would be, but since you've um, moved to the city, have you, is 
would you just say like that's your mood has been one thing that's changed or has it been consistently? I don't know because it, I've only lived here during COVID. I moved here right in the real heat of it. And so I feel like I've only had just weird here. Okay. Just constant weird changing. Um, but I love living here. Like I, it's been so great as just a musician to be around so many people who I really, I just love their work. And it makes me feel so excited and motivated and positive and inspired about making art. Um, and historically where I, and still where I find a lot of inspiration is in nature, but I really found that since I moved to the city that shifted so much and kind of became the most consistent part of my life so I mean maybe that's the only thing I have figured out and then otherwise my mood is uh it's wild out here you know the city is weird <laughs> I think I guess bridging off that a little too I read that you had also said a lot of the songs that you write start with a word or a phrase uh, that kind of summarize maybe what you feel or what you want to express in that moment um do you have a word for today or what would that word be for right now if you had to say my word for today would be hmm, patient. I'm having a bit of a patient day. With yourself or others or everybody? With myself, between. forced with myself. I'm, I'm leaving to go on tour today and I'm just like, I'm trying to be patient. So I had to go to the bank and you know, those tasks that require yeah. your patience and I have a flight later. And so I'm just trying to internalize that for my whole day until I get to where I'm going. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's the UK one, right? Yeah. I'm going to Victoria first though. So I'm going to okay. Victoria and then I go to Edmonton and then I go from there. So I'm in Canada until the 29th still. Okay. All right. Do you have your flights or any fears, phobias about going on tour? I mean, Yes, I have. I don't like birds flying above me. One of my greatest fears, I love birds other than directly above me. I am so afraid of getting pooped on by a bird. It's one of my greatest fears in life. Um, and I'm not afraid of flying, but for some reason I just am, an, I'm just anxious. And I'm so clearly anxious and then I feel bad about it because I feel like I'm making my seat partner stressed oh. out. And then it's just a real cyclical thing, you know what I mean? So, but I'm okay yeah. about it. I chill. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I guess kind of going back to feeling inspired in a city with other creative people. I know that your latest album, Communion, was really well received among a lot of Canadian media. And you were even long listed for the Polaris Music Prize, which is so cool and super exciting. Um, so as you continue to be established in the Canadian music scene and already are have established um, a base in the music scene. Is there something that you um, feel like you still continue to doubt about yourself or do you ever feel like you have imposter syndrome? Like constantly. I have so much imposter syndrome and I really, it's probably one of my, I would say top three therapy topics is uh, experiencing that. Um, yeah, I just live in that universe. Have you found something, a way to get out of it? Or even just like what helps you deal with feeling anxious or feeling like an imposter in those spaces? Uh, I think creating as much as I can and really making sure that I carve out the time to actually I don't, work on my practice. So in, you know, just actually practice, but also 
yeah, setting away creative time and time to write and just be, it makes me feel so much more grounded and um, the path becomes clear. I know what I want to do and the imposter syndrome just kind of matters less. It's not even like I'm dealing with it. I'm just like, well, I don't care as much because I'm just so happy to be creating and that's where I feel most like myself. Um, but otherwise, I think, I don't know, just playing shows is really great and being out. And I think it's always there, but I also think it's kind of good for me for it not to go away all the way. I guess there's almost two sides to this. We'll start with the first branch right now. And we're at like 11 questions. Um, a lot of the times, the relationship that we have with ourselves defines the relationship that we have with others. And um, a lot of your music has, I guess, questions or references to that, whether it's like talking about a breakup or, and for the first part, I'll say, um, what about yourself feels hardest to love right now? Or I don't know if in general, if it's just always been like, if there's any part of yourself that's always kind of been hard to love for you. Hmm. Um, yeah, I think that uh, a part that can be really hard for me to love about myself is I'm very, um, it can be pretty hard-headed I can be pretty if I know if I think that I really know something I really <laughs> will ride or die for that uh, yeah. even if while I'm riding or dying for it I'm like this is not worth the ride right now actually guys I think I should stop and I just can't stop yeah <laughs> uh, yeah that's a big one for me love that one do you have any like really bad takes that you'll never give up oh man I mean, probably, but <laughs> I definitely know that I do. Honestly, like my friends would be able to tell you in two seconds, but this is maybe an element of my uh, hard-headedness is that when asked about it, I... You're like, it's not wrong. Can't think of yeah. that's like a bad thing. What are you talking about, actually? Yeah. I uh, don't know. <laughs> Almost like jumping off of what we just said, too. Is there a que something that you really appreciate about yourself, too, that you really love? Yeah, I really... That's a great question. I, uh, I really love how much I love my friends and how much I give my friends love. That really like flows easily for me. It feels like the easiest thing to do is just tell my friends that I think they're the best. It's really sweet. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, um, I think that it was because it reminded me of how I think a lot of times it can be like the hardest to say like, um, wow, I'm a really good friend or I can love people or it doesn't come naturally for a lot of people. So being able to say like, oh, wow, I actually, it does come naturally to you or to me or anyone. Yeah. I think it's, it's a pretty good thing to be able to acknowledge too. And I definitely struggle with that for yeah. sure. Yeah. I love to, um, just be very descriptive about it. And I think to the point that it's embarrassing for my friends sometimes, but that makes me feel good. I'm like, this is good. We should, we should make each other feel really good because that embarrasses me too. If someone does it to me, I'm like, can you please stop? But <laughs> I'm kind of switching gears and going a bit into your album communion. Um, there's a lot of references to religion or Catholicism throughout your work, whether that be with the actual title of the project or, you know, as an artist, Sister Ray, um, or even the actual titles of the songs themselves, like Prophecy. What does your relationship with religion look like now um, in comparison to when you were younger or growing up? When I was younger, I felt um, 
I think very acutely close to God. I would pray a lot. My family was church going very regularly until I was probably 12 or 13. And I would still go frequently after that, but we didn't go every week. But I prayed so much and I found a lot of comfort in um, in prayer. It was a huge part of my life going through my early teens. And later in my teens, I just stopped having the same relationship with it. I think I engaged with... Um, I don't know. I, I just learn more. And my relationship, I think for a long time was just, I didn't really feel Catholic for a long time, or I didn't really know that much about it being Catholic specifically. I just really loved to, I found a lot of comfort in that belief. Uh, and I think as I got older, I just lost it. And I have a, I've had a difficult relationship with like Catholic guilt I joke a lot that like I just have a part of my brain that's branded Catholic and it won't go away like there are certain rules that I for some reason feel like I really have to follow and just these funny little things and I really see the through piece there and I you know I didn't have like a terrible experience in the church I grew up in a uh small like in the country, our church was very small. The community was special. I had family there. And it was uh, it was a really important part of my life. Um, but like a lot of my family is also Catholic through the effect of residential schools. And for me as an adult, that's a really hard place to lie with it. And it feels like really conflicted, but at the same time, my elders are Catholic and they deserve I think so much respect in their beliefs and I don't, I love that they are that and that they find solace in it and that that's okay for me. And so I think I kind of found a, a place of peace because I was angry for a while and I didn't have that. And I lost an important thing, which is like respect for the people that came before me. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, a lot of times, I don't know, even though it's like people of color, I don't know, I've read a lot about, even though a lot of black people tend to be Christian, that it's that they got that from slavery. And so it kind of like reflects a little bit on what you're talking about there. Um, in that sense, is that kind of the contradiction that you talk about in your music too? Is that like you feeling torn a little yeah, bit? Yeah, I think just feeling torn about um, that it's like, it's the cause of so much distress, but it's also the source of so much peace, like in actively in these people's lives. You know, I don't mean like as a overall yeah. overarching thing, just like very personally inside of people. Um, and yeah, I think I write about it a little bit, but it's definitely something that I was figuring out. And I don't know if I wrote about it concisely. Like I think that when I'm writing I'm in the process of figuring those things out. I haven't quite got to the place that I'm at now. Yeah. Um, and it made me wonder, or at least it kind of reminded me of how uh, Pope Francis came to visit a few weeks ago um, and finally apologized for the role of the Catholic Church um, in indigenous communities in Canada here too. And so, I guess I was curious how you felt about, or just him coming, or about his apology. I guess if that brought anything up in you, just being 
you know, listening to or having that be around the, you know, the atmosphere over the last few weeks? I mean, it was interesting because it took place where I'm from or right by where I'm from was where that happened. And to be honest with you, I didn't really feel that much about it. I really just, I don't think apologizing really, that's not what makes a difference in communities is an apology. What makes an actual difference in people's lives and in communities is, you know, actively providing resources for people that they don't have access to. And so, you know, that would be great, but I I didn't really feel very much about it. Honestly, it was, uh, it was very important to some people in my life. (laughs) in many different ways like in just very polar polarizing ways and yeah and I don't know I don't know we got one more question for you before we end off uh because we're at 20 minutes now um and do you have anything you want to well I'll let you ask the last question okay cool um my last question is specifically um on the song vision because that is probably my favorite song on the record. And I've been reading this book lately. Um, it's Gilead by Marilyn Robinson, I believe is her last name. And there's a quote in it where um, the main character, he says that sometimes a visionary aspect of any particular day comes to you in the memory of it, or it opens it to you over time. And let me see that more time. Oh, okay. Sorry. I'll say that one more time slowly. <laughs> Sometimes the visionary aspect of any particular day comes to you in the memory of it, or it opens to you over time. And so to end off, um, I was just wondering, are there certain experiences that have happened to you over the course of your life that um, you feel have slowly revealed themselves, you know, like the full meaning of them over time that you're learning now and have come to understand with the passing of time? Yeah, I I just turned 25 and that really felt like a monumental point of reflection for me, interestingly enough. Don't really care about my birthday, but for some reason, 25 like really hit me in my chest. Oh my God. And um, quarter life crisis. It was just so weird. I was like, what is this? I didn't care. And then it like, oh my God, it came out of nowhere. It's so wild. And uh and I haven't been home since I moved. It's been a couple of years and I'm about to go home for the first time. And I just thought so much about as I'm getting older and watching my friends have kids, just like really forgiving my parents so much, you know, just letting it go. Lots of little moments of that. Just those little tiny things that you remember as a kid and I'm getting older and I'm like, you know what, man, they weren't right but they weren't wrong or they weren't bad or they weren't, you know, like it's, yeah. Yeah. Doing like a lot of that and just seeing the significance and little things that they did also, or told me or taught me that I would have maybe even been bothered by at the time. Yeah. I look at it and I'm, I see more now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I think part of that too is also, um, I think understanding the, things that the way my parents I know that how the reasons that they acted the way they did towards me when I was younger too I think that's a big part of of something I couldn't understand when I was younger so yeah really being able to parse yeah been able to parse through some memories and go I don't know if I would have been you know any different yeah okay 
Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. Really appreciated it. And I was going to say, I love your whole, with the, I love your hair. Well, not hair, but like, you know, like with your whole aesthetic. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, I'm begging you, if you have not seen a picture of Sister Ray's luscious head, please go search it up and you will see for yourself why Weedy's comment literally makes no sense. Okay, it makes sense. If you, I was trying to, I think you get what I'm trying to say, though. So. I do. I do. Sister Ray, you have such a nice head. Oh my gosh. Anyways, thank you so much to Sister Ray once again, Ella, for talking to us. We love you. And thank you for listening today. This has been 20 or 20, a dominionated podcast. And we will catch you in our next episode. Bye.